Ladies and gentlemen, I'm at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival every day until the 25th of August. So come down to Dropkick Murphy's Bar 6.45pm to watch myself, Duffy Connors and Charlene Jahan try and make you laugh. Um, before then though, uh, I have a wonderful guest on today's podcast. Um, his name is Jonathan Hopkins. Um, he has a show at the newsroom at half past 12 at half past midnight. Um, yeah, we just have a wonderful conversation, touch on everything from addiction to mental health, how to survive the Edinburgh Fringe, where we think the Fringe is going, and also home improvement. So please, welcome John Hopkiss. Hi John, how are we doing? Not too bad, thanks pal. How are you? Oh, I'm alright. I'm, I'm a bit tired, but other than that, we're, we're surviving the fringe. Mate, we're halfway through. We're over halfway through. <laughs> and it's all downhill from here. Oh god, yeah, no. Lots of caffeine, lots of Red Bull. Oh, I've, I've not drank this whole this whole month. You haven't? Well, that's good going, pal. Yeah. Do you normally like a good tipple or two? Of course. Of course I do. Well, I just figured, like, with the month of how it is and wanting to be on it, like, I couldn't do it myself. That's a really smart choice. This is my first fringe, uh, nine months sober now. Oh, nice one. I was lost in the abyss of uh, alcohol addiction. So I I was pretty, I was sometimes a bit concerned about how will I troop through, but um, there's enough, like, there's enough support and and people out there to keep you busy and stuff to take your mind off it but good for you pal that shows commitment thank you um that's so wow nine months sober congratulations man <laughs> bless you thank that's amazing that's amazing like that's it had to be done yeah it had to be done pal it was uh yeah i can i can imagine it's just one of those things that i can imagine is so easy to like fall into it's just because you don't i'm guessing you don't i'm speaking of someone who has never well, who may be a functioning alcoholic but, like, I don't know. but like it's as I've got other vices as well, it's something you don't really realise is an issue. Absolutely. Until you're lost in the abyss, ab- of it. abyss of it, you have no idea. Yeah. And then it takes... I found you have to want to do it for yourself. Yeah. If you try and do it for other people, you don't want it. And you have to be defeated. Yeah. And then you have to want to surrender to God. Okay, I need help here. So, so it's been a mix of yeah. uh, doing that and then sorting out the show for Edinburgh. So yeah. it's been been a busy. I should be ready for a good a good September. Off, nice. <laughs> After Edinburgh. Yeah, of course, man. So if you don't want me asking, what was the point where you realised I need to stop this now? Well, it was. Um, I think it's good to do- At the start, I was pretty embarrassed about it because there's so much talk about mental health and depression and stuff but I was because I'm 28 now Same. and I was pretty embarrassed about having this addiction so young yeah um, but really it was it was like this uh, there's this chaos this circus in your head that I was trying to kill with the drink mm-hmm. of course but then when you wake up and you're sober you've got to do it all over again yeah. after a gig if it went crazy well well, let's carry that buzz yeah. on. Yeah. If it didn't go well and you want to you drink. And it was just, uh, so we all kind of built to a, I mean, in the end, man, I was having 
drinks at like midday and ready just to settle, settle and stuff and I needed it in my system um, so it kind of just built up uh, it was November 3rd and without you know getting too heavy for a, a, a nice friendly podcast yeah. I was ready to like you know yeah. check out uh, but thankfully there was a voice inside my head that found a bit of clarity yeah it said so I called a friend and he, it was like three o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. I and he, he was the one that said you need to sort your life out because yeah. you're a wreck so it was a bit hard coming to terms with because to me an addict is an addict being yeah. addicted to whatever so it was hard to but then I thought well stop feeling sorry for yourself it doesn't have to define you you can you know do other stuff if yeah. that makes any sense is of that a bit too heavy for no the, man that's that's <laughs> That's perfect. Like honestly, right there, like um, I'm doing this kind of thing to like learn from other people's perspectives on life and stuff. So that's perfect. You're like the first person. I'm sure there's been others who have addiction issues who have been on the podcast, but you're the first one to actually admit to it. And that's well, it, you know, there's. I realise there's no shame in it because the, the only other option is is uh, to be dead. Yeah. And that's permanent. Yeah. Try anything else that you can but I, I would never dream of sitting here and saying to you oh it's all rosy and it, 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 it's taken every ounce of strength and then some uh, but it's something that you work at every day and you have little technique you know so I, I'm not hanging out at the bars till yeah. although my show's at like half 12 to half 1 in the morning after that I'm straight back good. reading my Kindle and then going to get a good night's sleep good stuff, um, but I would say it, it, uh, yeah it, I noticed it for years. You think, oh, do I have? Is there something here? It's changing my personality. Is it fine? And then you just, I think the only danger is it is you have to realize it before it gets too late. Yeah. And then you have to be the one to. But I am starting to, because I, I, not that I would dare to say. I know all about it but the more I read the more I think it is a genetic disposition that there's something my granddad he, he, he suffered with alcoholism my dad he's got addictive personality back in his day gambling stuff mm. and I think it was in my genes and clearly there's a trigger yeah. that just gets going in my head so I would say to anybody who uh, there's no shame and people will still like you yeah it's kind of crazy how people who do what we do to stand up how many of them have mental health issues outside of outside of it it's it, it, you, you, you're so right and it, I, I've just done a show at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and what show was it pl- yeah plug it go on uh, Funny Feckers oh oh West Dalton oh, how, how is he Where's he's fantastic great MC he knows yeah. how to work a crowd yeah. he very kindly asked me to come on it was a storming show and you just don't think about it. it fills you up with that much see this is going to sound but seeing other people laughing and have a good that's all i want from yeah. comedy yeah what i like is that people have so many different but i don't want to do a social message or this that just i want people to have a good time forget about i think everybody needs an escape yeah uh, for a little part every day just to go I want to be a kid again because yeah. kids kids have got this great sense of pride and of course that's the drug that's the addiction is it you know it's always there but how about you why did you want to get it going why don't want stand up yeah, yeah. Um, it was something that I was think I've been thinking of I had been thinking about for a couple of years and 
then Black was in 2018, I saw that I just thought, like, do you know what? If I'm going to do it, I need to do it, right? And I saw that there was a comedy course. And I was like, oh, I've gone by Kate Smurfway. I was like, okay. Oh, okay. oh, cool, cool. So I thought, if I'm going to do this, let's do it this way and try and see how it is. Yeah. Went to the course, loved the first couple of, well, loved the first couple of, um, loved the first weeks. And after the second week, because I knew there'd be a showcase at the end, I thought, you know what, I don't want to die on my ass on the showcase. So after that second week, I took myself off to an open mic afternoon. Oh, well, that's a smart yeah. choice. Yeah. You're a guy of many smart moves. I'm, what can I say? <laughs> the, the stupidest people make the smartest decisions. What can I say? Um, and yeah, it was from there. I just kind of like, all right, I've now got this financial incentive to actually keep going, and it's just, I'm loving every second of it. Wow. Well, not every second of it. So some parts of it just make you want to crawl up into a hole and. But you keep coming back. That's it. And you'll do it again because that laughter is just like a... It's a drug, man. Yeah, lightning in a bottle. It's it. And you keep... It's like your first cigarette drug. It's like yeah. your first drug in your cigarette, right? You keep searching for that feeling again. and you. But unlike your first drug in a cigarette, you'll get it again at Absolutely. some point. And it gets better and better by time. Absolutely. And so many comics... I mean, I, I don't know other people's DNA, but... There's so much time. It's such a lonely job. Yeah. You have so you're traveling by yourself. Tip. I know a lot of people like to write together these days, but you generally write by yourself. Yeah. You're on there. You know, it's like a boxing match in a way. Yeah. You've got to win them, fight them, battle them, and then yeah. and then of course you go home, and it's well here I am in bed. Yeah. And and, and if you're still hyped up from a good show, that's where. Um, I think substances can come in. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, there's very smart people that do yoga. Yeah. And that kind of thing. I sort of do meditation. I do. Med- I, well, I say I do meditation. I haven't done it for, since I've been to Ed, since I've been up to Edinburgh. Oh, that's like, what I do a bit. I, I, I try to get into this uh, TM. TM. Transcendental meditation. Nice. But it's like 500 pounds for a course. Really? I thought I can just go on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I do Headspace. Oh, got the app. The app. Yeah, the yeah, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I when I do it, I can really notice the difference. But it's just that when I've been in Edinburgh, I've having I'm just gotten out of the habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try and carve out that little bit of time every yeah. day. I will do. I will do. <laughs> like this week, I will do. Yeah, yeah. Like, how have you found the festival so far? Well, I've only come up. Um, I joined halfway through. Uh, I didn't want to do the full run this year, so 12 nights, uh, but so far, I mean, it's it's more heaving, it seems more busy, some of the shows seem more busy, but some of the locals, the local uh, hunters are just more crazy, and that's what other comics seem to be saying. Yeah. The show before me at 11 o'clock last night, they had to get the bouncers to throw out an entire family. Was that um, Tommy's, was that Tommy's show? The, um um, I can't think of the. It's, it's, it's a compilation. It's a compilation show. Yeah, it's Tommy show. Yeah, show. I, did, yeah. I, I did that. And last I, night? Not last night. I did that uh, a week, a couple of weeks ago. Died on my ass. Really? Yeah. Wow. But that was, yeah, that was me learning, okay. Yeah. I need to not change. And that was the show last night. So I, will, I, I wanted to catch a guy called Alex Black. Uh, oh, he's wonderful. He's great, and he's a musical comedian. Yeah. 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 So he was on the end, and I walked in, and the, the, the bouncers just walked straight in, got this family, ripped them off. I thought, Jesus, what? And they seemed to be more crazy. 
and then I, uh, the other night I, I follow some guys doing a Southampton stand-up showcase and they came to me and they said don't let these two guys in because they have just ruined the whole show being loud Larry talking over everything so I don't maybe just maybe the locals are just tired of the festival I think they are <laughs> mate honestly um, I, and I don't blame them to be honest the flyer is I was talking to uh, uh, a lady just she said I want to go to work and not be flyers I just want to get there do my work and get home so it must be you know yeah it's a I don't know where it's. I can't see where the festival's going. To be honest, like it's. Oh, that's interesting. You mean for the for the future years? For the future years, yeah. I can't. I don't know where it's. What do you think? Do you think it's going in a positive direction or or? Well, there's been some funny funny newspaper reports, haven't there? Was it the Telegraph or the Guardian on about they're not paying the staff? Yeah. For all the for all the hours they're working, the staff aren't getting paid and stuff. But um, it's just it's. It's a more. This seems more. Uh, more of a smorgasbord. Jesus. Yeah. What smorgasbord. That's a. <laughs> that's a great phrase. What a word for. A, that's the Birmingham coming out a in the. Smorgasbord. There's a. There's a cacophony. A cacophony. Of. Uh, I'm using that word now. Used. Yeah. Use cacophony. Um, event. There seems to be more cabaret. Yeah. More. Uh, Spoken words, yeah, more stuff like that. I did a cabaret show at like 10 o'clock one morning. How was it? If, if anything screams cabaret, it's <laughs> 10 a.m. in the morning. And I followed a guy who was doing interpretive dance about gout, not meant to be comical, but just genuinely serious. I thought, but okay, <laughs> a lot of sketch this year, a lot of yeah. improv seems to be really on the rise. Uh, fucking acapella as well. That, that oh, you can't you can't escape it. It's everywhere. See, you know, there's such a difference between improv yeah. and America. America, they improvs are in some regards held higher than stand-ups. Yeah. Places like Chicago, where you've got the Second City. Yeah. But here, there's so many improv troops and improv shows. And yeah. Of course, you've got the main whose lines anyway, guys. Yeah. Um, how about you? What do you think that stand-up is? It's becoming less stand-up orientated, and I. I think there's a I think there's a healthy mix, but I think it's more become it's more of an arts festival, which I quite like, which I do quite yeah, like. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know, like financially and socially, where the festival's going. That's true. Um, because what I'm seeing is a lot more people are going to like the Pleasance and stuff like that and thinking it's the Fringe. Yep. It's not the Fringe. It's not at all. That's a good That's a good observation, though, because trying to get people into these three Fringe shows, this is where we work yeah. our, you know, arses up and do yeah. and stuff. And, of course, it's difficult because it's the big names that draw people. Thank you. Yeah. But then you we need to get them when when, when they've been to see uh, Frank Skinner at, or yeah. someone at nine yeah and they're done at 10 o'clock they're looking for a show that's when we need them to come and support our kind of stuff so you need the big names yeah but it's got to be the right amount but at the same, um, so I'm, I think at the moment we're competing with Daniel Sloss at, uh, at the because he I think people start queuing for him at the time we start Right. Is so, he doing the whole room? I don't know. I think he's at the moment. I think he's doing it at the moment still. Right. But yeah, I get why they do it. Yeah. Why they make it as part of the tour stops. Yeah. 
but it takes away from us. Absolutely, absolutely. I like the guys who do uh, some little quiet work in progress oh, shows. Oh yeah, I saw Eddie Izzard's one. How was it? It was amazing because not all of it worked. Nice. And it was like this is a one. This is wonderful to see a stand-up comedian at that level. Yeah, yeah. yeah do things that we do when we're trying to work stuff out for ourselves absolutely I, do, I think it was uh, maybe Jerry Seinfeld who said doesn't matter who you are what level you're at anyone can have a bad gig yeah and it's great I like the work I saw Russell Howard's little work in progress show really intimate he only held about maybe 100 in this little one of the studio theatres and stuff it was great on at 6.30 on at 7 whatever yeah. and it was just it was nice and it was uh, he didn't do the whole run I think he's done like five shows yeah. he's in he's out he's worked his stuff and he's got and he's going on the road you know that's, yeah. that's a good amount I think but it's the ones that do it as part of their tour Absolutely. I kind of disagree with yeah. but saying that though I went to see Ed Byrne I had a lovely time you good yeah, and okay. I'm seeing Rod Gilbert when he, um, on the um, on the 24th. Oh, the, is that the Book of John? Yeah. Okay, I've been into, I've been wanting to see that purely because I, I saw the Book of Mormon yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Oh. But it has no. <laughs> have you seen the Book of Mormon? I love it. I absolutely. I was in pain. It was probably it was the best show. Yeah. I've ever seen. I think it's also the most inclusive, one of the most inclusive shows about religion you could ever catch. Absolutely. Because it's basically what people seem to misinterpret about it is that it's saying that you know what, believe what you want to believe. That's fine, and it's perfectly cool that you guys believe this. However, these books should not be taken word for word because they Absolutely. have been written and rewritten by different people. Absolutely, the writing was so obviously. I mean, the humour was yeah. outright, and people sat around me go because we're comedians, we don't get shocked. Yeah, they go, oh my god, did he just say that about? whoever but I thought the writing yeah. around certain subjects was so sensitive yeah really well handled and of course the music I mean I don't know anything about musicals but no. I think it was so funny I was really bowled over by it was it was a really really great show I um, I have I listen to the soundtrack at least once a month now oh really can you buy the soundtrack because I look for I've got it on um, yeah I've got it I downloaded it well from Tidal or Spotify where oh, you've got, I have to have a look yeah man like it's, you can get it on that and it's just it's, amazing. it's just a wonderful thing. And it had an... E e even the jokes that were... Uh, obviously, maybe some would say a bit too far. Yeah. There was a real innocence about them yeah. to how the characters played it. They were superb actors. I was thrilled that... Uh, yeah, really. I'm, 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 but I went for the cheap seats. Yeah. I saw they were like 100. I was like, geez, 25 pounds right up at the top. Yeah. But it was still a great time. You see, I booked one in advance for me and my friends, so we got them 45 quid each. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Were you down at the front? Yeah. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. But what I loved, but the writing is good. You mentioned the writing because um, there is such it is classic from the South. It is classic from the South Park guys, and they're, they're taking the piss out of something, but they're doing it in a kind of a loving way. Absolutely, it's all about the intent. Yeah, I think with anything, even I mean, because I don't do any, uh, I, I don't swear or do any filth in the show now, anything sexual, but. Uh, somebody described and I thought oh that's what I've been after that's the word I was after but there's some 
a little bit cheeky yeah. sort of stuff that you can go cheeky with. Like I do this bit about social media during yeah. World War Two. Yeah. So Anne Frank, I imagine Anne Frank live tweeting <laughs> from the attic. Ah. Which some people could find, you know, and it goes into it, but it's about the intent. So, yeah. You know, hopefully I don't come across as. If you try, you know, you got to try and be like, yeah. then people go, oh, he's just having fun. Yeah. Whereas if I were, you know, oh, God, yeah, and the intent, people to go, Jesus Christ, this guy's got some serious issues. How, yeah. you know, but if you just have fun with it and a bit of so, a wink in, it's all about the wink in the eye. That is, yeah. They can see it. So, but somebody, occasionally people go, oh, God, where's he going? Like yeah. Hitler being on Tinder and yeah. stuff like that. But I'm like, it's clearly not that's meant hilarious. to be. That's uh, hilarious. That's sorry. That's funny. <laughs> It's not meant to be. It was just meant to be good fun. Yeah, as someone who's got Jewish family, man, that's fun. That's really fun. <laughs> I'm that you Yes. <laughs> um, so what got you into stand-up? It was um, a mixture. My dad is a really just naturally skilled. He can hold a room. So when I was a kid, we'd go to family parties. He would have people in hysterics. And I asked him as I got older, he said, I, he had an awful childhood, yeah. really bad childhood. So he just wanted to see people happy. Yeah. He said he could never get on stage because he'd have to be absolutely pissed. Yeah. And then I watched Mrs. Doubtfire. Great movie. And we, we, I thought, Wait, this guy, who's this guy? What, this guy's made this film, he's been paid yeah. to make a, what, and he had that much fun, and I, I just thought that it was, my, my dad's joke is that, because I watched it so many times, his joke was that it was funny the first 708 times <laughs> after that, and so I became obsessed with Robin Williams and his wildness and his joyfulness. And then at school, but all, all kids are funny. Yeah. Because all, you know, you're playing in the playground and stuff. But then as I got to, like, secondary school, kind of became the class clown. I just like being silly and daft. Uh, but then, and then I, and then I had a, maybe a misspent youth, you could say. Because I used to watch the Disney Channel. So the Disney Channel was good. Yeah. In the 90s. In the 90s, so yeah. You, you had to pay extra yeah. for the Disney Channel. Yeah. So I wanted the Disney Channel. And my mum and dad said, it's £5 a month extra yeah. for cable version. They said, you can either do the washing up. Yeah. I was like, five. Yeah. Every day you can clean the windows. I was like, I'm not cleaning the windows in winter. Yeah. So my chore was to wash up and I could wait to town. And so while the other kids were like watching Cartoon Network, I discovered these sitcoms. Yeah. These classic American, so you had like you had like Boy Meets World, yeah. Teen Angel, Reset, yeah. Yeah. really smart kid stuff that didn't. It's a bit more dumbed down these yeah. days. Yeah. But you had stuff like uh, Home Improvement. Yeah. Which, and then Tim Allen, um, I because it was so and it was family friendly. Yeah. And I remember being five or six. Can't wait to get home and watch Home Improvement. To watch Home Improvement. My mum and dad go, we shouldn't be watching like the bear in the big blue house. Or, no. I said no, and it just, I, it just got me, and I thought this is, this is, this could be something that I would love to do. You know, and yeah. make people laugh and have a good time and switch up for a bit. You know. That's cool, man. Yeah. So, where was your first ever gig? First ever gig was at uh, somewhere in Cradley Heath in the Midlands, just outside of Birmingham, called the Hollybush. Nice. Have you heard of this? Hollybush? I've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's heard of the 
infamous gig run by Dave Francis. Uh, it's become somewhat of a mecca. Yeah. So I now I I deliberately didn't because I knew I always wanted to do, but I didn't start till I was 19. Yeah. Because I didn't want to just go up and talk about sex, which I ended up doing anyway. <laughs> As everyone does. As everybody does. And Especially I, a male comedian. Yeah, that's all we, you know. That's all we know. That's all we know how to do. <laughs> so I remember um, I was doing some like drama classes at the time, and there was a, a seasoned comedian, and he said, "Oh, I, I, well, I can." I, I said, "I'm thinking of maybe doing it now." He said, "Well, give yourself three months." He said, "Write and stuff." So I wrote and I rehearsed the shit out of it. Yeah. Went on. And I remember it not. I remember just getting through it, yeah, kind of thing, uh, and just thinking, why am I doing this? What's going? I was sweating more than a diabetic having a Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> That's how much I remember sweating. <laughs> so, I imagine they might sweat a lot if you, if I don't know. That's the cleanest answer to that I think I've ever, I think the cleanest version of that phrase I think I've ever heard. I was wondering where is he going to go with this? We're sat, we're sat in a coffee shop in the middle of the afternoon. Don't oh. if anybody's done And so that was, and then I did a course myself. Oh nice. Uh, just because I wanted to... Uh, get a get some and then it ends with a showcase yeah like you say which was nice it was at a theater in Birmingham very supportive and of course then you're on your own oh yeah you got to find the geeks you got to get the geeks you got to write you got to um, so at the start how many did you average in the start for me it's like one a month uh, that was all mentally I could man I used to do um, because the open mic afternoon was um, on a sun was on a Sunday and there'd be two shows on the Sunday, so I would do two a week at the same ve- at the same venue. Oh wow! So you knocked them out? Yeah. Um, by the time I got to by the time I got to the showcase, I was about ten gigs in. Wow. Which is a, which was a, about one or two more. Well, which was more than everyone else in the course. So of what course. was Kate? Then when I told Kate how many gigs I've done, she's like, "Great, you're going on first. <laughs> See, yeah. That's the danger. That, yeah. That's the danger of it, man. But you know, I talked uh, to a friend recently, uh, Danny Clyde. You know Danny Clyde? Right. He's a great comedian. Um, so when we do new material nights now, we ch- we ask to go on first. Yeah. Purely because it makes you work harder. Yeah. It makes you think harder. Makes you do crowd work harder. Because at the start you go, you know, who wants to go first? Nobody volunteers. Yeah. But so we say now, you know what? We want to go on first. So even if it doesn't go, they don't. It doesn't go amazingly wild. We've worked harder. Yeah. And we can put a little. We work out not on the bedpost, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that's true. Like they. People want to take the easy route out, and that's why no one will take the first spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you can get a chance to do it, then I would recommend it. Um, it doesn't work every time. No. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And that's how you get better, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, it's like doing, doing this half past 12 in the morning. Oh, because I like to be energetic and stuff. And you just got to bring it. And, you know, you might not be feeling like it, but I work hard to keep the energy up. Because if I'm my energy dips, yeah. 
then the audience energy dips and then you feed off each other yeah which is where you have to dictate the pace to them you have i have to say this is not be arrogant with it but you yeah. have to go on so i open like i got this thing i open where have you seen big big yeah with tom hanks yeah you know that rap he does yeah to prove to his little friend that he is who he says he is but yeah. he goes down now baby down now. yeah so i open with that nice they go well, what's he doing but they're, they're, i get them clapping i get yeah. them going and he just gets them they go oh okay yeah it's half 12 in the morning He's got energy. Yeah. Let's see where it's going. Yeah. It, there's no callback to it. No. Of it's just. Not. <laughs> yeah. Of course not. It's just me doing the big breath. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of do something similar to that now. Like um, since halfway, well, after about the fifth show in, when I realised, okay, I need to change things up. I started skipping in, to, uh, skipping in like Michael McIntyre style to like New Kids on the Block. Oh, nice. Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> Anything because people see so much stuff. Yeah. You, excuse me. You've got to get their attention. Yeah. That's no it. matter how that be. Because there's so much content on offer. Really, this is like a live Netflix. Oh, yeah. There's so much content. You think in Netflix now? In the olden days, if you 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 had to be sat at the same time collectively as a country for nine o'clock. And if you didn't like that show, you'd still see it through till the end. Yeah. Now. If you not, if it doesn't grab you in five minutes, you look at the other ten thousand shows and you go, well, I'll try. And it's like this: people go in. If you don't get them, they walk out. They yeah, find something it. else. It's free. Yeah. That's the good thing and the bad thing about the about the free about the free fringe, right? Like it's great because people want to come in, but then you've got to really fucking work to keep them in. Absolutely. How's uh, you? Have you done much writing while you've been here? Mate, I'm writing almost every day. See, that's good. Right. Like, really, really. Because I'm, because tr- I now know where I want to be, who I want to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've got to keep writing. Yeah. I've got to keep writing, keep it going. How about yourself? I had every intention to write. <laughs> <laughs> like, every day. If, if ever, like. Whenever someone says, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start writing. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Back home, I'm in a, I, I'm in a good routine of work writing Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that during, during the midnight shift, of course, I'm getting back at like half two, two yeah. in the morning, sleeping maybe three. Now, of course, I don't drink anymore, so it's good there's no hangover. Yeah. But I'm still an early bird, yeah. and I have to keep to a routine, so I'm still awake at eight, nine. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, get, I'm just trying to be a bit sensible and get like resting when I can. Yeah. Reading, going for some nice walks. Yeah. So no, but when I get back, I'll be. Um, I bought the pads and pens and stuff. We're still making nice. the little ideas. Yeah, that's it. Going through, but I think you have to get into the routine. Write new, make new. Yeah. Even if you're never going to use it, write new, make new. People, you know. It's not like don't don't feel like these franchises that knock out Fast and Furious 28. Yeah, no. Keep writing new stuff. Yeah. Do you write long form? Um, what I've started to do now is I note things down on my phone, and then I'll have like a set like the set list. I'll write that out. Like I have like one. I'll say this one, two, three, four, five. So I won't have it like exactly word for word. I'll say okay, this topic's gonna go first. This topic's gonna be like the fifteenth, the the fifteenth topic, and then everything else in between yeah, right yeah. and sometimes I forget to say something but like I, I try not to write long form anymore because I just think 
you're trying to memorize a script and Absolutely. once you're trying to memorize a script that becomes very robotic yeah it is nice. but then again you want to get the right wording in as well absolutely you want to get that fluidity to it whilst hitting the key points yeah but making it look like you're not just going through emotions you know how about yourself how's your what's your writing process like? uh, i tend to like like everyone you make the idea yeah so and then i'll just kind of like just flea flow it write it yeah see how it goes see really really rough then leave it for a couple of days yeah then go back see if it's worth doing because when you're in the moment you think oh my god this is yeah. genius give it three days you go yeah. good god what was i thinking this is not great yeah then go back then i write long form one time yeah just as you're writing a story just to see what would come out yeah then just go up with notes very very basic notes use the notes on stage improvise with the notes mm. and then keep working it that way but and then keep rewriting and rewriting mm. and just keep doing it because you're never really done yeah i don't think even stuff that's even if even there's something very productive about writing you yeah could, even if you've been sat there for three hours and you've only got a page yeah you feel like well i, I feel like you've, you know what that's a tick in the box you've accomplished something because it's so hard yeah. to write to, and to think of good especially now working clean yeah do you find the first thing that comes to your head is like a sexual punchline yeah so you have to um, I try to work clean but if I'm ad-libbing something I sometimes do slip out an F word or, yeah. or an S word it's so easy to do you see I only stopped I listen to myself back and Swearing can be hilarious. Yeah. Used in the right places. Yeah. But I was a lazy linguist. Yeah. Instead of saying there I was in Tesco, I would say, well, there I fucking was in the fucking Tesco. Oh god. And I and I didn't realise I was doing. Yeah. So I listened to myself back a long time ago now, and I thought, no, not even piss. Yeah. Or just put it all out, you know. Yeah. But, but I'm not like a prude no, or. I'm not. I'm. I was I am trying very hard to move a little bit more into the clean universe. Yeah. But it's hard to separate that because when I'm around and when I'm out, I can f and blind with the best of them. Oh, I swear. But, no, like the truth. But it's like, but um, when you do it too much, you're in the wrong place. So you lose an audience. Absolutely. I mean, I I have just done, as I say, just this midday show. Uh, Comedian went up, great comic, got some great stuff, but it's just it was a, a lot of C words. Now, of course, that can turn yeah. a crowd. Not a, you know that is a very derogatory. I yeah. don't even I don't like the word, and I'm not yeah. offended. I, I I I don't use it, uh, and I would ne- now this is purely the way I was brought up. Uh, well, you know, working class family. Yeah. But I was brought up not to swear in front of children. Yeah. Or swear in front of ladies. <laughs> So I don't. I if there's one thing that I do, I hate swearing in front of children. Yeah. I hate to see that. I know it's very old-fashioned of me. No, it's uh, not old-fashioned. It's fine. I don't. I, I don't like it at all. And of course, there may be some younger because it's like families are out this time of day. Yeah. They see now. Fair enough. Comedians, the hosts say, oh look, there might be some swearing in the. But I don't know whether. Do, do you really need that word? No. Really. That, again, that's just my personal choice. Those are great comments. Yeah, um, I've got a 
com I'm a, a comic friend of mine called Satao, right? She uses the word ironically in her set. Right. So she's kind of taken it and sort of not exactly empowered it, but she's taken it. She's taken a she's taken a horrible word, but she hates you, which she hates, and has done it in such a way which just makes it a little bit more acceptable when she says it. Right, see that, but, yeah, 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 that's a better, that, that's a clever way. Yeah. Rather than just it being the punchline. Yeah, because otherwise it, like, anyone that says the, like, the C word as a punchline, that's just lazy, as you said. Yeah, and it can turn a crowd. Yeah. It can really turn a crowd. I mean, people are getting more relaxed these days, even the content with films and stuff, movies. What they can get away with in like a 12 rated film. Yeah. I thought, good God, they couldn't do that I in our know, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, Jesus Christ. Uh, so people are more accepting, but I, I just like the challenge of it being a bit harder. Yeah. And when you are working with the crowd and riffing, yeah. to go, don't swear. Yeah. Don't swear. Don't swear. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it is hot. And I, yeah, I've sort of managed to like put a little bit of a lid on it. Yeah. But, I've still got a little bit of a way to, a way to go, but it's so much more fun working clean. It is, isn't it? it now, the, of course, the odd thing about this festival run is that I'm on the late show. Yeah. When they wouldn't mind it public, they wouldn't yeah. care. Yeah. They'd be like, be as filthy as you want. Of course, there I am doing all this stuff about uh, big. <laughs> Go, wow, okay. Where's all the sweet? Some people, when I'm flyering them, uh, a few of the older folk, I say, clean comedy, clean corn. Yeah. And they go, good God, no, we want a bit of filth. We want a bit of Yeah. <laughs> some of them yeah. are the filthiest, some of the older people, some of the older patrons, they're so, because they're quite seasoned, they're just yeah, like, yeah. and they kind of, I think it's because people expect them to not want it. Absolutely. Like, no, 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 just give us, give us everything you've got. I just like the challenge of it. Man. I can just about, yeah, it's, man, it's just an insane thing that we're doing. Mm -hmm. As a working class comic, how have you found Edinburgh socially? To, what, as in to hang out with other folk, or just... Like, just in general as a concept for, what, how have you found it as, like, how do you, do you think it's accepting of people from working class backgrounds anymore, or do you reckon it's changing? Well, the cost is always the issue, yeah, isn't it? Uh, and I know that everyone gets the. If you go and check in, you get the discount card and stuff. You get yeah. like, and you get like what 10% off a cookie here and there. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't got it. Have you not got it? I didn't. I, nah, I just didn't bother. It's worth getting it because less people fly here. And if really? if you have a face of thunder, they go. I'm not flying you. Nah. Do you know what? Like I've. Well, I I rarely go. I rarely leave my flat unless I need to go it's to my show or go to or go to the gym or whatever. Right. It's the best way to do. So and I do it at a time where I know the flyers won't be there for, won't be there, and won't be there to give it to me. And the ones who do do it, to, who I have been flyered with, I've taken their flyers before, so they don't have to do it to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they've seen me flyering, so they know that so I've got, they, know. Um, they know that I'm out there here for a job. Yeah, so. it's absolutely. And it's so odd because with the free fringe, it's it's the bucket. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you feel, but before I, I think right, I really want to give these people a good show, yeah. so they feel 
comfortable putting money in yeah. the bucket and I can feel like I earned yeah. the money because you got your food, yeah. you got entertainment. I mean, so tomorrow, like at some point, I'm, I, I want to go to the cinema just oh. to get away from the fringe. Oh, what are you going to go see? Well, I was thinking either that you, you've got the new Tarantino film. Yeah, that looks good. You've got Good Boys. Is that out now? I think it's out, yeah. Okay. Or uh, for a third time, I was thinking Toy Story 4. I've not seen it yet. Have you not seen it? It is so heartbreaking and innocent because I was one of these people that I wasn't on board with it I thought here we go they finally cash grabbed yeah but I have to say it it, it is the most existential crisis film really uh, it will make you it's so funny great we've got Tom Hanks got Tim Allen there's oh, yeah Tim Allen yeah 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 yeah. Uh, you know to infinity and beyond yeah and um yeah so uh, of course that you want to pay money to entertain yourself you've got the travel to get here yeah you've got the accommodation the posters the flyers it's all so much cash i mean i started so because i think i found out i got the acceptance like march yeah that was it start saving straight away you know you have to um but yeah it's not a working man's festival no it's a you know, there's, there's a reason why it's the biggest festival. Yeah, yeah. And some of the some of the show prices, man, they're they're creeping up to West End prices. Yeah, like I know people like who are on the London so, who are semi pro. They're charging like ten pound for nine pound ticket, and I'm just like, hmm. it's a lot of money. For, it is. You know, and of course, if you want to go and see entertainment as well, I mean, some of the big shows. I, I went to see the Who's Line Is It Anyway guys. How was it? Oh, fantastic! They're masters of. I don't know they've been doing it like 33 years. But yeah. They know how to do it. I saw Frank Skinner last night. That he's from Anne Neck of the Woods in the Midlands. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen pound fifty. Not bad. Which I thought was good to see Frank because yeah. when he tours, no doubt 30, 40, yeah. 50 pound or so that you don't mind. And he's only doing like 10 days, yeah. not doing the full run. He was at Gordon Eggman Theatre, um, which is cool. But again, what I, do, I, I don't know what if you're doing this, this is really sad what I'm doing. I'm putting all the money from the bucket away, and then at the end, I'll see how much I made. So I'm not going to spend that money. See, at the moment, I'm. Because I spent everything coming up and on accommodation, I'm living off I'm living off donations right now, and I make them. If it's my turn, because what we do is we we take our turn to to MC. I make a point of saying we are living off donations this month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we love doing this, but we are living off donations. If you do, if you do like the show. Please put someone in the bucket so we can eat. It's always so awkward, the bucket speech, isn't it? You, I, I, I've never known quite how to handle it, and I've seen some really genius ways. Yeah. I've seen some cringy ways. Yeah. And I've seen some just blatant begging. Yeah. Which would do whatever you can. Yeah. Um, do you MC a lot when you're at home? I know I don't like MC. Ah, oh, see, I, I quite, I like quite enjoy it, yeah. I, I like to. Because um, I like to give a show, even yeah. if it's te- even if it's ten minutes. So I work up, I go on, do it. Yeah. And I don't, I wouldn't, I haven't got the skill to yeah. go up, go on, go up, go on. I haven't got that skill. Fair play. Right. I enjoy doing it because I don't, I, I get, I'm not, I don't run a night, but I guest MC at some uh, some nights there in London, yeah. right? And I really do enjoy I love doing stand up but I also like 
being the glue that holds it all together. See, that's great to work on the crowd skills and yeah. the improvisation as well. So what I've and what I did for a long time, I sort of separated being an MC and being a stand-up, right? Oh, that's interesting. But what I've started to do now is like, okay, let's incorporate the what the kind of silly, wild, friend, wild and friendly person that I do when I'm MCing into the stand-up routine, and it works. Funny enough, yeah. it works when you're likable. <laughs> that's the that's the trick, isn't it? Yeah. If you're likable, you've won half the crowd already. Yeah. 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 But the, yeah, the bucket speech is. What's your bucket speech? Um, I at Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. What I start off by doing is um, I saying, um, "Starving artists. It's not just a phrase. Um, I used to be thirty. I used to be for, uh, thirty stone <laughs> at the end and when I started the festival. Look at me now. <laughs> Great. Look at me now. Um, we loved it. Um, or I say something like, "Joe, we do absolutely love doing this, and we'd like to continue doing doing things like this for well, years to come." Um, if you have enjoyed it, please get your change and roll it up. Put it in the put it, in the, it roll it up. Put it in the um, put it in the um, in the bucket at the end. Also, we're not dinosaurs. We got a card machine. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Do you want to hear my bucket speech? Yes. Go for it. <laughs> so I say. Uh, so I finish on what I finish on, and then I say, folks. I said, you know what's coming now. Uh, the comic style asked yeah. you for the, mood, the, food, the food and shelter. Shelter. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't say that. Accommodation, Captain. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, if you could just spare me 30 seconds. I say, I am uh, setting up a charity back home in Birmingham. That, uh, any of your donations will go towards this charity. I will run the charity myself. It's a Soul Vision charity. What I'm going to do is I will take um, prostitutes off the street, put them in my bedroom for about half an hour to an hour, and then put them back on my shoes. Which I know is not really clean, but it's but it just eases the tension. It does, of the yeah. And then I do it, and then like I'm like, give me a cash. That's brilliant. Yeah. It eases the tension and. It makes me feel like, okay, cool. This is if I do a bit of play acting, they genuinely think that I'm... Yeah. One guy started clapping when I said I'm running a charity. I thought, brother, you don't know what You don't about. know what's going to happen next. <laughs> you might... Just give me a second. Yeah, that's it. It's give true, right? So it's cool. So, as a working class... So, I just think it's... It's becoming very, very... Middle class. Absolutely, I, yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm glad you've said it. It's like... It's there's not enough variation in the type of people that you can sit. There's not enough variation in the type of people that are up here, and it's yeah. It's not a working man's game. The days of um, the working pubs and clubs seem to be on the down yeah. slide because it's all so done online yeah. and on YouTube. I'm not totally on board. I mean, those guys they make it. It's, it's great what they do. You can have the streams, the content views. The, and say you just, but I wouldn't want to call myself. I'm a YouTube comic. No. I want to be a comic. You can't beat that live interaction. Of course you can't. No. Doing it in the pubs and the clubs and working for twenty pounds. Yeah. Or whatever you're going to be doing, because at the end of the day. But I think in the in the, away from the cities, I hope it will always be there because yeah. you always have your people who work 50 hours a week yeah. in the factory and all they want to do is on a Friday night go down to the local comedy night 
relax, couple of points. Yeah. And that's where we cut our teeth. Yeah. But up here, of course, you've got such. I mean, I went to see a, a cabaret show, this drag show, this guy, and it was fantastic. But it was a spectacle. Yeah. But I could. And there was a comic on there, but it was so far removed from everything. Yeah, we... yeah. And of course, there's so many uni guys doing comedy, doing yeah. shows. Uh, and you know, there's a there is a great shift at the minute. Mm. But you have to we have to be careful not to get too uh, pessimistic about it. Yeah. Uh, I love the air. I love we're in we're in the city centre right at the moment, and I love the city centre at this time. Right. Yeah, yeah, Buzzing, you can go see so many things, and that's the great. I think that's the great bit about the French. Yeah. However, when I hate the presents, <laughs> I hate. I genuinely like. I can sense that the, that the anger's palpable. Like, I haven't really. I was just queuing up for any is out there, right? But the sense of entitlement that some of these performers and the people that are there regularly seem to have. I'm just like, mate, come on. See, the thing is, I, I am, and I think this is as a culture in the West. Yeah. We're reaching a level of self-obsession. Yeah. That's far more dangerous than social media. I mean, I, I do a bit in my show about pictures and photos and stuff, and, and this is true on the train up from Birmingham. I saw a guy who he must have taken 60 selfies to find the one selfie to upload. Jesus Christ. And I thought, we're in search of perfection and we, people are believing their own hype. And yeah. you know what? You may have sold out five shows yeah. for, at a hundred seater, but, and I don't mean this to come across, but nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares, man. Yeah. We're all just trying to get through the day. That's it. At the end, and I, I am finding that there is a bit of a looking down yeah. on other comedians. Oh, yeah. You know, I had it the other day, uh, just chatting, and they said, "Oh, where are you?" I'm at the newsroom, part of Laughing Horse Free Festival. Right. Oh, free festival. Oh. Oh. I'm charging eight pound fifty. That's, that's good for you. <laughs> that's great. You know, you do what you do, pal. Don't right. don't worry about me. So how much of that eight pound fifty you get? <laughs> Isn't that true? How, yeah. How much of that eight pound fifty is going to you yeah, in your pocket, right? Absolutely. I bet you any money they're getting around about what three quid or something like that, yeah. and the rest of it's going to agents or managers and whoever's doing the promotion. It's true. Or they've cost a grand to get. Or they've cost a grand to get. Or they've. Um, it cost about a grand or so to get up there and a grand, another grand to get promotion and PR. I'm sorry, but the free fringe is the way forward now. It's the only, it, it is. It's the only, and plus, you can have theatre shows, yeah. you can have spoken word poetry, yeah. and it, it gives such a platform to folk who, because there's people, I mean, I don't know anything about poetry, Yeah. but if you're a poetry fan, you could come up here for a week, yeah. knock out six poetry shows a day, and have an incredible time. Yeah. And lo- absolutely lovely. But the great thing about like working class comics is you can't beat, especially if you develop a rapport and you've got some friends, you go to a night, there's six of you, you know, you're getting paid a bit of money, the yeah. crowd's gonna have a, you have a, you're nice and relaxed with your friends. Whereas when you go and do a spot, I'm, at, I'm kind of doing middle spots now. Oh, nice one. But there's such a, you know, 
what do you talk about with these other comments? Oh, yeah. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Oh, yeah. It, it's, I find it very fast. I can't. That's why I'm... I can't hang out. I can, there's only certain comics I can hang out with at this point in the festival. I understand. Because it does just turn into, oh, how many of you? Oh, how many did you have today? What? How's your show going? I was like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Talk about something. I'm interested in what makes people tick. Yeah. In what hobbies they've got. Yeah. What else? You know, they like we took the writing. T- I love the fact. Yeah. Who you? What comics did you used to like? Who you're watching now? Yeah. It's um. That's what I like to know. I'm not, you know, because we all have good shows. We all have bad shows. Yeah. I'm ready. I am ready for my show, the one w- that will cripple my confidence because yeah. I know it's coming. Yeah. It might be Tuesday night, Wednesday night when it's quiet. <laughs> yeah. But I know I'm going to be kicking myself. Um, yeah. And it'll be nothing like last night that was great. No, of course not. So, speaking of callback, callback. to about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Home improvement. Home improvement, man. Ah. The golden age when comedians used to do their thing, agents would go out, see their acts, see their style, see their persona, and they'd get a sitcom. Yeah, they used to specifically go to Montreal uh, Montreal Comedy Festival, and as you said, yeah, they'd get a sitcom out of it, so it happened to... Roseanne Barr, happened to Bill Cosby, and happened to Tim Allen. Uh, But I find that so weird that he was such a filthy, dirty comic. Have you seen Men at Peaks? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) It's great. I actually love it. And um, yeah, and they thought he'll be good for the Disney Channel. (laughs) That's what a lot of comedians, apparently, that's what a lot of comics said at the time. Because he, he, you know, he, he, he became very popular on the day. Went, oh, Tim, looking forward to this sitcom. Everybody tunes in, and it's this family-orientated sitcom. Yeah. Of course, he then goes on to be Santa Claus. Yeah. And Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. And does these things. I mean, he he's did. essentially sold his soul to Disney, hasn't he? <laughs> he sold his soul to the mouse. Yeah. The, the little. <laughs> But it was so, but it was so well written because I love that some comedies now because there seems to be a great shift. There's no in the middle now. It's either yeah. so, um, so safe PC comedy, yeah. very very alt left. Yeah. That's very which is whatever. That's great. Or it's very I'm going to deliberately try and shock you. Yeah. To prove that I am anti PC. Yeah. There's no comedy. You know, if there is just. Where's the humanity? Yeah. And that's what those great sitcoms had. Yeah. There's a great sitcom at the minute on Netflix called Shit's Creek. I'm uh, with Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually interviewing someone who's going to be talking about that soon, but yeah. I, I, well, if they're going to, I won't talk about it too much, but let me say, I binged the first four series. Yeah. It's so inclusive. The son is it? The, the son, the, the, the son's character is he's pansexual. Yeah. It's not an issue. Yeah. It's just that's the show. It's so witty uh, with this humanity yeah it's so loving and it's very delicate but it's laugh out loud funny and it really reminds me of the good old days yes know? and when you go back to like another one that was Mork and Mindy with Robin Williams did you ever see that Mork and Mindy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was where he played an alien uh, <laughs> yeah which was perfect perfect casting of course you got Seinfeld yeah uh, more recently, you got Gabriel Iglesias as Mr. Iglesias. Absolutely. Like, which I was kind because of, I work in the school four times a so I was kind of against watching it. So I was like, yeah, I hate these shows because kids don't act like that. But I watched the first episode, the first couple of episodes. I was like, right, this is a throwback 
to when comedians used to do used to actually get decent sitcoms. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and the great thing the what stood out for home improvement was yeah. so uh, the kind of synopsis was he he's he was Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah. He hosted a local low rated uh, like daytime TV, yeah. TV show, yeah. And so he would break the fourth wall and talk to the camera, wouldn't he? Yeah. Now, because Tim Allen had never acted before, it was so perfectly done because yeah. that was him doing stand-up. Yeah, that's it. And then you'd have the whole situation with the family, and it worked so. And it, but to do that, I thought was genius. Yeah. Because it kept him, I imagine, maybe comfortable and safe when yeah. he could do that to the crowd. Whereas what broke it uh, a lot, but you've got some, I mean, of course now the whole candle after thing has died off. Yeah. But you've got, uh, I mean, Two and a Half Men. I love Two and a Half Men. I thought, Char- with Charlie Sheen or without Charlie Sheen? Both. Both. Okay, nice. I'm a big, I'm a, like, because for me, the star of the show is John Cryer. Absolutely. Oh, he was, he was so talented. And have you read his book? No, no. I've, listened, I've got it in an audio book. It is something that I listen to on a yearly basis now because it's just so, it's such a good story. Right, his autobiography is such a good story. And, oh, okay. I have to check that and out. And it's not a complete slagging off of Charlie Sheen like I think a lot of people thought it was going to, was going to be. It's literally about him becoming, well, him being a teenage, a teenage actor and then having a real doubt, having a real, having a bit of a slump and then getting picked up again from this weird, by this weird, um, raunchy sitcom that no one really would ever thought to take off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 13 seasons later. It was, it was so, it, it was lightning in the bucket. Man. Really, really was. And of course, the, I mean, the great kind of like a uh, single camera because it used to be such a setup. Yeah. Of, but they're so expensive to do now. You yeah. get the audience in. You've got the three cameras. Yeah. It's you know um, now it's single camera. You've got like thirty rock. Yeah. Tina Fey. She's such a great writer. Insane. The, oh, there's one I love. Uh, I haven't got all the way through. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I haven't got all the way through that yet either. It's great. It's great. It's yeah. so daft. Yeah. It's so zany and silly. And, and the actors are great and it's really really good. But there, there are some great sitcoms coming yeah. back on. Yeah. Really really great. But with home improvement and I think that it wasn't what I liked about it really is that it had a rough edge to it mm-hmm. and it wasn't too syrupy at the end like there was obviously there was that our uh, family has been poor and bits at the yeah, end the but it didn't lay it on too thick no it had and do you remember the neighbour Wilson yeah Wilson he would go and rest uh, in peace man yeah in peace. he didn't last he didn't he only died about like six months after he ended didn't he yeah um, but yeah, and it had, and what I liked as well, which drives me crazy, was they kept the same kids. Yeah. So the kids were like five, weren't they? Yeah. Started, and you saw them become teenagers. Yeah. And of course, people can connect to this, people can relate to it. Anything about life. Yeah. People go, well, I'm on board. Whereas if you start talking about uh, whatever you want to, I don't know, some social issue, yeah. vaccinations, they go, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know too much, but I'm sure it's funny. And in that, and it was just such a warm, a warm, glowing show, really. It dealt with it. I mean, I remember one episode. Like one of the kids was had like a cancer scare. Randy had a cancer scare. Yeah. Or something like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. 
JTT, the like the nineties heart wasn't he a heartthrob? He was a nineties heart, not was not that he was my heartthrob, but like, no, not mine heart, either. I can't. <laughs> say. I can't. But if he was anyone else's, good for you. Yeah. Whatever, that's you. Um, but yeah, he was. He was the. He was one of the. Not I'd say original because there was obviously like the Beatles and stuff. But he was huge in America, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. And of course, one thing that that also stood out for that show was it wasn't. I think sitcom acting is a very specific acting way. Yeah. It's you know if you notice because they're playing to a stage essentially. Yeah. When they open the door they will then double back on themselves yeah. and stand, trying to describe it in an audio way. They will be uh, symmetrical to the door, yeah. so no one faces each other in sitcoms. It's all played to the camera. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, there was one, uh, Matthew Perry had one, the, he revived The Odd Couple. Yeah, I like, I actually like I, I enjoyed it, I did. With, um, with what's his name? Thomas uh, Lennon. Tom, Thomas Lennon, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that Who was... just seems to be writing everything these I days. Know. Like, he is insane. <laughs> he is really, really insane. But that, I like Matthew Perry, I think yeah. he's a very good actor. Um, that's my guy. <laughs> They've come to ship me off to my improv. I, I'm doing an improv show in a bit. All right. It's gonna be. Uh, that's gonna be fun. Like, what time? What time have you got? About twenty past three. Twenty past three. As long as I get there for like ten past three, it's fine. We got enough. time, man. Yeah, got the time. Yeah. So um. Yeah, but so. And of course, you can see them. Wait, it's so odd because they wait for the laps of the audience. They yeah. don't talk. Whereas Home Improvement, it was very, very natural. Yeah. And of course, Tim Allen could use his stand-up technique, where comics wait for a lap. Yeah. That's what he did. Do you know what? Um, I was watching um, the second. Ep- I must have been the second episode. I watched it this morning, right, mm. of the first season. And it's the one where um, he loses his re- he loses his t- um, this tool that's been in his family for about 20 years. Yeah. Right? And there's a scene with him and Patricia Richardson. Oh, she right? was great. She's she? great. However, it's there's a point where you can tell that she has broken character <laughs> and is in in this like just in absolute howls of laughter and trying to hold it in, and Tim's just there just waiting for her bit. <laughs> Because I mean, he's a, he's still a great. He's still touring. Is it? Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to. I see. I've seen him twice in America. He's still doing it. He still goes out. He does an hour and a half. That's mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's insane. Like, cause um, I was here, I was listening to a Joe Rogan interview recently, and they were talking about sitcom at, um, how actors used to get the sitcom. Oh, actors used to get the sitcom. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. How actors used to get um, how actors used to get sitcoms and um, how comedians used to get sitcoms and how once they've done that, a lot of the time they just stopped doing stand up. And yeah. Tim Allen came up and they was like, oh, I, we don't know if he still tours anymore or whatever, because he's th- he's got Last Man Standing now. He's got Last Man, which which came back after cancellation. Yeah. Which I I, I uh, it's great. It's such a and he you know he knows how to. Um, Annoy the left. Yeah, but he does it with a tongue in because, yeah. as he openly admits, because people go wild sometimes. But all the writing staff, I think it's like 60% female. Yeah. And they're all Democrats. Yeah. They're all Democratic left-wing writing staff. But like he says, he said, well, they're making jokes about yeah. themselves. It's okay. It, yeah. We're not trying to. Uh, but again, he's a, he's appealing to this 
working class America. It's mid, yeah, the middle, middle, middle America. America. Middle, middle America. And it's, I, it's set in Colorado, right? Denver, yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Have you seen the new series? No, but they've changed the kids about five different times. Yeah, that's they? the only thing. Because, and again, because he got cancelled. Yeah. Which again was very, it was outrageous, wasn't it? Yeah. Because it was number one in the ratings for yeah. their time slot. Yeah. And then it gets pulled. Because um, he didn't, he co- he came out as a re- as a Republican. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't even think he endorsed Trump. No. I, I remember seeing an interview with Tim Allen. He said, "Look, Trump is." He said some pretty dumb stuff. Yeah. But okay, that's his politics. Yeah. He's a conservative. Whatever. Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't make him a disease. No, it? it's true. No. But because in the culture in America, they're so we see it a bit over here. Yeah. But over there, it's amped up. Yes. And of course, he, you know, he plays to that. What, like, like he says, he's an anarchist. Yeah. He likes causing trouble. That's it. Uh, and of course, so that show was cancelled. And it's the uh, was it now? Was it the first time the, the, the show was picked up by Fox? Fox, yeah. Purely because of fan petitions. Yeah. People writing in going. We want this. We want this show back. Yeah. That's a bit like the Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to bring that up in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great that this can now happen. Yeah. And, you know, Netflix brought that back. It's, it's moved to Netflix, it's right? Not, no, it's NBC, but Netflix, is, it's also on Netflix as well. Oh, we have it right on yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, it's just mental. As I was saying, it's mental how Tim Allen went from this dirty stand-up yeah. to the part of the... Um, the the dad on every the um, the typical dad the typical Disney dad yeah America's dad yeah he tells this story that uh, he was he has to put on his posters eighteen plus because people just will instantly go yeah. oh what a great bit of family stand up yeah. this will be yeah and it's far from that I'll tell you who else had to do that Bob Saget oh, really yeah because he was part of Full House of course yeah he was. so when yeah. he was doing Full House. Families would go and see his stand-up and complain because he was talking about eating women out and stuff. Because Alan was really heavily, he was a huge fan of Richard Pryor oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but I, it was interesting because he's never done, and I think Jerry Seinfeld said this, he's never done a, like, he will not do a special of the new stuff he tours. Because as soon as you do it and everyone sees it, you can't yeah. tour it. Yeah. Whereas if you go out, play lot, and you know, I think that guy's like 66 now, Tim Allen. Yeah, Still yeah. going out, working out, down in local clubs and stuff. Yeah. And you can't be. You can't beat that, it. But he had a gap. He had a gap where he didn't perform because the movies and you know whatever Toy Stories becomes a huge blockbuster and stuff. It uh, really annoys me, right? That when you talk about Toy Story, you talk about Tom Hanks, but you don't talk about Tim Allen. Absolutely, oh, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, in this Toy Story four, it is essentially Woody's story. Yeah. But for anybody who knows, do you know like Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey? Yeah. You go through the but I don't want to give it away to you, but there's a moment when Buzz makes the hero sacrifice that any that any hero does in a film. Luke Skywalker does it, you know, etc. Yeah. Classic. And it's I went, Jesus, this is actually Buzz has become the hero. Yeah. And he sat and it's so very delicately done. And of course, considering the guy had no training, he's a very very. Uh, 
delicate actor. He's skilled, man. Very skilled. But because he got kind of, I think he got kind of trapped in that dad role. Yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. was, and I, don't get me wrong, I, I've loved almost every film that he's been in. Yeah. Like, so I like this, I like the Santa Claus, uh, the Shaggy Dog. I really enjoy. It's great. Isn't it? Which is your favourite Santa Claus? I love the second one. I like the first one, man. I, I grew, I, I can remember the Christmas where my auntie bought it for me on video. Yeah, yeah. That was so. when again, that was when kids films. I mean, you look at some of the jokes in there. Yep. I remember one. He's like, because he he's on about his his ex-wife's new husband. He says, "What's his phone number? One eight hundred Spankman." I mean, this is a Disney U-rated yeah. film. Yeah. And but it's so innocent. Yeah. And it's so. Do you like Galaxy Quest? Yeah. I know. I've never seen Star Trek, but so many people tell me it's the best Star Trek film ever. Yeah, it's so great, great. One of the best sci-fi films ever made. I think my favourite bit of the Santa Claus is where he's um, having, where he's um, drinking the hot chocolate, and then the, the, the little elves like. I'm already seeing. I'm seeing someone or something like that. I was <laughs> yeah. like, "This is not appropriate." <laughs> but Thanks, like, but I'm seeing someone in rapping. Yes. He's like, "Okay, good man." You know that, <laughs> and he's like, "Every every Christmas, Santa Claus one, two, three. I'm. I enjoyed number three. Yeah, it's not. It, it just came across as a bit like we are now milking this franchise. Yeah. Martin Short's great though. Oh, he's great, Martin Short. Have you seen Jungle to Jungle? Yeah. Yeah, they're a great pair. In another there. Tim. Another Tim Allen movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah another yeah. Disney Tim Allen. What? He almost every film that he does is related to Disney. Well, not anymore because they fired him. Well, they fired him, and I think that's what upset him. He was like, ABC has been my home for like 30 years. Yeah. And I'm pretty. He, I think he was pretty beat up about it. That, uh, excuse me. Um, that's all right. That that they would do that to him, really. Um, but as you would. It, it's how it goes, isn't it? All right, John, it's been wonderful talking you to you. Know what, guys? I, I, I thoroughly, with, with or without the podcast, yeah, I've really enjoyed talking Mate, to you. Same to you. It's been a great. We should do it again, just Don't without the man. microphone. Yeah. I like it. your style. I like, I, I've really enjoyed you. I like your philosophies. It's just like, it's nice speaking to someone who doesn't give a shit about <laughs> other people's shows. I honestly could not care about their show. No. <laughs> speaking of which, though, where can they see you? <laughs> So now that I've really sold it to you, yeah. um, the newsroom, uh, half 12, midnight, uh, I keep you for about 45, I don't do the full hour because it's too long, that's yeah. in the morning, 45 minutes um, at yeah, the newsroom, just yeah. at the top of Leith Street, now how about you pal, where, where are you? Um, 6.45 every day at Dropkick Murphy's. Oh that's a nice time, so you've got time to relax. Yeah, a little bit. What about on social media? Where can they, where can they Check find it you? out, John uh, underscore Hipkiss is Instagram, J O N underscore H O P K O double S, and then on the old Facebook and all that kind of malarkey. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and come and see me in real life. Yes, it's so much better. <laughs> we're, we're so, we are genuinely so much better in real life. We're a nice, yeah, we are nice people, really. Brother, it's been a real pleasure. Lovely, man. Lovely Bless to you. Man. Have a great show. Yeah, so thank you, Jonathan, for sitting down with me. Uh, thanks for you, to you guys for listening. As always, you can catch me at Dropkick Murphy's Bar, 6.45pm, with Charlene Johan and Duffy Connors. Um, also, you can catch me on Twitter, at your boy Gibbo, and on Instagram, at GibboGram1. So, yeah, guys, speak to you soon. Bye.